Thursday evening to talk a little pro graps. It's Top Rope Nation episode 330. Ryan Drosty, Justin Joint, Jesse Velasquez. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are, whether you're joining us live or on demand. Happy to be with you. Jesse, you know, you had a great pregame coming into this show tonight. How are you doing? Much better. <laughs> much so better. much better. You have no idea. <laughs> Oh, the last four hours have been an absolute joy. I am being very, very facetious. Well, you, you got your Roddy Piper t-shirt on, so you're looking good. Well, thank you. Maybe I can hopefully channel his promo skills throughout this entire episode. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> well, it'd be an all-timer if so, so let, let's hope so. All right, Justin Joint, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm fine, I guess. It's been kind of a shitty week. Uh, stupid 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously that's not the, the worst thing that has happened in football. If you count yesterday, uh, and then, yeah, I'm just tired, just tired. That freaking baby is just starting to wake up earlier and earlier. Mm, yep. We've been there. We have been there. All, all of us have been there. That's for sure. Well, you know, you, you guys gave me a hard time. Was that on classics about my sports teams? I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm not going to say anything. I'll just say that Devin Hester got into the Hall of Fame, and I'm happy about that. And Steve Mongo McMichael as well. And I'll, yeah. I'll count Julius Peppers, even though he was only with my Bears for a couple of seasons. So I'm feeling good about football right now. Devin Hester was long overdue. Long overdue. I have to celebrate something Minnesota-based then, because Joe Maurer also got elected into the I, baseball uh, Hall of Fame. Yes, indeed. I, I always liked Joe Maurer. I always liked him quite a bit. My wife was a big fan when we started dating, being from Minnesota. So I appreciate that. Uh, Jesse, what do you have in the glass tonight? Anything? I know, you know, you had oh, yes. your fill earlier from what you were telling us. So, yeah, I had a margarita from the greatest spot on the planet. I'm being biased here, folks. Boca Chica in St. Paul. Got to promote, as always, if you're local here in the Twin Cities. Modest Dream Yard. We're going to close the show with that bad boy. Nice. Like to hear it. Justin, anything for you? Just keeping it simple, gin and tonic, beef eater. Oh, yeah. I'm all out of the good stuff. Yeah. I got a little Buffalo Trace bourbon myself. A classic. I had some the other night for the first time in a couple of months, I think. And man, it went down easy. Like scary how easy it went down. So smooth. So that's what I got here. A healthy pour to talk pro wrestling. Guys, we're going to be all over the map tonight. We got WWE to talk about. We got AEW to talk about. And in our closing segment, we're going to do a Q&A, which we haven't done in a long time. So I put out a post today in our Facebook group asking for questions. we got a lot of great ones. We're just going to throw a bunch of them out there tonight in our closing segment. If you are watching live and you want to ask a question for the closing segment, the Q&A, hit us with the super chat that will guarantee we cover it. That's the best way to make sure we get your question in. Otherwise, it'll be kind of luck of the draw so that'll be at the end and of course wherever you're tuning in right now whether that is youtube twitch twitter follow us subscribe to the channel give that video a thumbs up and if you're on the podcast side subscribe as well hit us with that five star and the best way to support the show is by becoming a patron we've had tons of great bonus content dropping just in the last week i'll talk more in depth about that later in the show so stick with us on that more on Patreon, but you can find the link down here in the episode description. I think we are going to start out by talking about Monday Night Raw. You know, last week's show, we were talking our reaction instant to the WrestleMania press conference slash kickoff, whatever they were calling out in Las Vegas and, uh, you know how they kind of left it open-ended and then on SmackDown and, and actually later the night after we recorded, they officially announced it and they put the graphic out that yes, indeed, it would be Roman against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. They're still teasing this tag match though. Uh, and that tag match continued to be teased during Monday Night Raw when we had this segment with 
Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. And Rollins basically talked about how Cody doesn't have to go this alone and that there's nobody else on the planet better suited to be his shield against the bloodline. And I saw a lot of people super high on this segment. A few people not as high on it. Like our friend Ryan Huffman, he was messaging me about it and he thought it was pretty blah. But other people said it was great stuff and we haven't really talked about it at all, even in our text thread. And so I'm curious what you guys thought about it. Uh, Jesse, what did you think about that Cody Seth segment that everyone's talking about from Monday night? I lied directly in the middle. It wasn't blah and it wasn't spectacular. Cody was just there. I felt, I mean, he's always going to be adored by fans, no matter what he says. I mean, so what do you want to talk about? He's got to stop that. So (laughs) I thought Seth actually did a very good job. I know that again, we, called him out last week for looking like a dork on stage in Las Vegas, which he most certainly did. But he definitely held up his end of the bargain here, I felt, in this story about how he wanted to make a point of hunting down the bloodline, hunting down the rock. And he's known Roman for over a decade, which we definitely know going back to their days in the Shield. He mentioned the vest. And he, yeah, as you mentioned, he just said, I'll, I'll be your shield, Cody. We'll see how it goes. He's injured. We do know this. So he's obviously not going to be participating in Elimination Chamber. And I'm assuming he's going to have some sort of stealth going on, knee-wise. And he will wrestle at WrestleMania at some point, whether that's in that tag match. He may do it twice. He might have that uh, world title match going on. But yeah, I mm-hmm. thought the segment was right in the middle. It it served its purpose. The big problem we have, and you guys are going to touch on it, is Cody Rhodes. Still zero mention of him giving away this match on SmackDown. So I'll let somebody else take it away from here. It's like they want you to forget that he said that, <laughs> which tells me a lot about the booking here and whether it was intentional or not. You know, everything that's gone down in the last couple of weeks. Justin, did you have a chance to see this? And, and what did you think of it? Yep, I saw it. Um, It's hard for that promo to truly land or make any kind of impact when where it's going is so muddied, when there's no real clear path uh, to where this could end up or even if it could end up at WrestleMania. So it's it's just like, are, are they just trying to sound cool? Now, having said that, Seth Rollins is, I don't think, ever truly been like a bad promo, but he has always been a pretty blah and unmemorable promo. But I, I think these past this past month or so, he, he's done his best work ever, like by a mile. And I, I think Monday was pretty easily his best promo ever. Uh, he, the way he enunciated all the right words. He took his time. He knew exactly what he was going to say. And, uh, you know, kind of contrary to what I just said, it did feel important in that moment. Like I said, the problem is, is where's it going? Like I, I have zero faith that this is going to end up meaning anything and that they're just trying to build uh, Seth back up after making him look like a doofus last week. Yeah. I think your take about it being his best promo ever is right on. I thought he was great. We we got that goofy cackle like once, I think, at the very beginning. And then he he was more serious. The delivery was really good. He played to the crowd perfectly. I mean, my biggest takeaway is that Cody's delivery was blah, just mm-hmm. super bland, really sucked. I mean, no doubt he's still the most over babyface in the promotion, but like, these last two weeks, he's kind of just faded into the background on every single thing he's been out there on with big big stars. I feel like he hasn't looked like the biggest star, which is odd when we're talking about this guy being the one to stop a title reign of over three years. And yet when he's on television, even though he gets the great crowd reaction, he's not doing anything that stands out. And he borderline, well, sometimes has looked really bad in just giving away the title match. And we still have... Like they've tried to rewrite that, 
you know, like you've been quoting this on your Twitter feed, Jesse, to people. He literally said not at WrestleMania. And then a week later, he's like, I choose you. And we're just going to like pretend that didn't happen. And it wasn't on your most watched show of the week, SmackDown, and everyone saw it. And then, you know, then they keep like pushing this thing where, oh, he, he hadn't officially made up his mind. Now he's made up his mind. Okay. I mean, I said on the show last week, in the end, it probably doesn't matter. I mean, WWE fans are used to this illogical storytelling these days and have been for a number of years. They're still going to get to where they they want to be. So if you're watching, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, this is going to sabotage the whole storyline. But if you want to critique the show, which is our job as a podcast, it de- deserves critiquing that it hasn't made any sense. And it's made Seth look like a geek, like you said, Justin. It's made Cody look weird. In the end, yeah, people were talking about the slap on the kickoff show and stuff. We got Rock appearing on SmackDown this week again, so we'll see how that plays out tomorrow night. But I just, I don't know, man. This has been so disjointed, and I don't buy for a second that this whole thing was planned. I know there's been conflicting reporting out there about this, depending on who you read. The Fightful report says, you know, if this was all worked, the main players, Cody, Seth, they weren't aware. They definitely were not aware. CM Punk, he wasn't aware because he was supposed to be wrestling Seth Rollins until the injury. So I think it's they changed course because of the crowd reaction. And, you know, it's stunning to me that they didn't see that, that this is exactly what was going to happen. Um, the the FIFA report said that uh, they expected maybe a negative crowd reaction, but they didn't expect the Rocky sucks chance. Really? You didn't expect that? Well, I mean, and that's exactly like for the people who are saying this was the plan all along. There, there's two things that jump out to me as to why I don't think that is true. Uh, number one is that we've already talked about. They have not addressed Cody giving away the match because of Rock's influence, which they can obviously touch on at a later time. But we need to know what did Rock say to him for Cody to give up the match Two. I don't believe for a second that either the WWE or The Rock thought that he was going to, you know, that he was going to be a heel in this for WrestleMania 40. There's no way that, you know, the plan was, well, you're going to come back for a big match at WrestleMania 40. Uh, You're going to be wrestling maybe Roman, maybe Cody. We're not really sure, Uh, but you're going to be a heel. Which, you know, for the record, I prefer. I prefer heel rock uh, instead of, you know, the, the boring uh, baby face rock. But I just don't b- believe for a second that rock would have been okay with that. I mean, if you're doing no. the head of the table match, why would you make them both heels? That doesn't make any sense where you, the crowd doesn't want to see either one of them at the head of that damn table. Uh, so those are the two things that make me think that, you know, this was not the plan. Yeah. I'll add on to that as well. I mean, Roman looks nothing like a tribal chief next to Dwayne Johnson. Agree. No. Right. You watched him walk out of the building. You see, you saw how Dwayne looked so imposing. Roman just kind of didn't slump, but he had a little bit of swagger to him, but you could tell something was missing and Paul Heyman was just being Paul Heyman. And it was, mm-hmm. it was actually kind of a fun walkout, but yeah, Dwayne is easily the, the attention grabber here. He is or was the most popular star in Hollywood for a long time. He's probably still in the top five in spite of the fact he hasn't had a great movie. That's going to change with Moana 2 here momentarily. But <laughs> no, I yeah, I think this, this whole thing looks extremely contrived. And I don't know where in the world this thing's going. And they're not going to do a great job to me and to us in terms of conveying and making this whole thing make sense. I think that ball's already been dropped and can't be resurrected. I th- I still think they could save it. In fact, I think they've actually done a pretty good reclamation job on it already. And, and the things that they haven't addressed, I think, can be easily explained away. Like I said, we just need Cody to come out and you know and tell us why did you change your mind twice? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and honestly, I, I the where is it going? And you know, what are the matches going to be? Who's going to be facing who? I do find that kind of intriguing. Although just, I mean, the end game has to be Cody holding up that title at at the end of the night in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, to your point, Justin, about The Rock coming back as a heel, I agree. I can't imagine he'd want to do that, just given all of his business ventures and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, that, I mean, that's number one that tells me this couldn't have been planned that way. And then number two, the point that, you know, you said, Jesse, about how he, like, it makes Roman look secondary. How could you have wanted to form this heel faction with him when obviously your top guy is going to look secondary to this legend? You know, so like that doesn't that doesn't jive either. So I I believe the Fightful reporting on this and everything I've heard that this was adjusted on the fly, that they were definitely monitoring the social media reaction very intently, which tells me again that they flipped the script because of the reaction they get. So to their credit, that was the right thing to do, a hundred percent. And I agree, Justin. I think that they have done a pretty good job outside of outside of not explaining why he gave it away but otherwise they you know to their point i personally find it disjointed yes but when it comes down to it they're getting tons of media attention which is what they want the wrestlemania thing in las vegas got a ton of clicks that's what they want so it's hard to say that it hasn't worked despite it being disjointed you know so I don't know that they're ever going to explain away the Cody handed it off thing. Cause it just seems like they're now intent on just acting like it didn't happen. Cause I've heard him say more than once. Oh, he hadn't made a, up his decision. It's like, fuck are you talking about? Yes, he did. What? He's literally said, I, I'm not doing it at WrestleMania. And it's so weird if, if they're okay, if everybody is okay with rock playing the heel, you know, going into WrestleMania, th then play into that even more that he, fed Cody a bunch of bullshit and maybe made him some promises that he did not intend to keep in order to get the match switched, you know, and honestly going back to Seth Rollins cutting good promos. I thought that first one where he was trying to convince Cody to challenge him for his world championship. I thought that was really good. I, I did not yeah. want that to happen, but I yeah. thought he did a pretty good job of explaining that. So I, I think there's a way they can do this and, and pull it off, you know, to, to make it all make sense. I think it's, I think it's this simple. You say that rock, you know, talked about their family history and the shared admiration and that like, this is, you know, both of our fathers wanted to, would have wanted to see this, you know, me confronting Roman, he's my family member. You know, we know how strongly you feel about your family and stuff. And then when Cody sees him coming out there and now he seems like he's on Roman's side and he's celebrating, you know, with the, uh, the family tree and all that. Then he's changed his mind. It's like, you don't want to bring this guy justice. You guys are on the same page. That's not what I signed up Perfect. for. And then that would be like him coming out where he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, this is bullshit or whatever he said when he came on the stage. Explain why he said that. And that's that's the story. I think it's it's that simple. And I don't know if they'll do it or not. If they, if they just figure the fans are into it so we can just keep moving forward. And that's that. It's disjointed, but it's working for us. I think, you know, the question is, are we going to get the tag match on night one? And then Roman and Cody on night two, are they going to get Roman to work twice? Or I think more likely that it will end up being a triple threat. Yeah. Cause I think, I think a lot of people still want like that, the confrontation in the ring between Roman and rock about the head of the table. I mean, that should be a singles match as well. You know, reigns and Cody should be a singles match, but uh, as we mentioned last week, you, you can't trust rock's body to, to hold together when, you know, this is going to be his first match in how long? But to that point, though, I mean, what's the point of Seth's involvement if they don't do a tag match? So he's going to be in his corner. I mean, yeah. and then if they do a tag match, you mentioned it, you know, Seth being injured, him trying to come back to do this match. Well, then he's got to work twice, too, because he's going to face the winner of the Elimination Chamber and defend his title. And that's risky also. So there's so many questions, you know, about what's happening here. Go ahead, Jesse. I was going to say, I mean, long term. And this is going to take a lot of probably convincing with Dwayne, even though he's now on the TKO board, is to potentially do it next year at 41, Roman Rock. Mm -hmm. I think that's a possibility now, too. But it's really going to depend on this year if his body holds up if they do decide to go the tag match route. Well, we, I know we have a question about future WrestleMania locations and our predictions. We'll get to that in the closing segment for sure. Do you guys have any thoughts on who you think is going to win Elimination Chamber next weekend, by the way? Just with the names that are out there. True McIntyre. 
he seems logical. You know, L.A. Knight is out there. Um, McIntyre's been so good. I know Justin's a big fan of him. It's it's still the deal, though, that they still have not agreed on a contract, which, you know, makes it a little questionable. Um, but, you know, he's he's under contract through Mania and a little bit after. I believe they added time to his contract because of missed TV time and injuries and whatnot. So they have him for a little while longer, but they got to get this guy re-signed. He's one of well, the most compelling characters on their show. And especially they've already teased the big future feud between him and CM Punk. They leaned big yeah. time into that. Drew is leaning big time into that. Too. So the thought that he might actually leave is a little odd. Super smart on his part, though. You know, make him pay up. <laughs> you guys want yeah. this match? Pay up. Pay uh, up. T- but talking about Perth, the one thing that is a bummer is there's only one other guy besides from Drew I'd like to see win, and that's Sami Zayn, and he's not going to be in it unless they pull mm-hmm. some shenanigans here. But <sighs> that's that's what I, I would like to see. WrestleMania night one and night two end w- with Cody and Sammy being your, your world champions. You mean you didn't want Randy Orton to have a shot at this? God, no. He is so, I was thinking about that this week. Yeah. I think he might easily be the most overrated professional wrestler of all time, just because of how high uh, he is thought of and not, you know, not just the minds of lots of fans, but also like other wrestlers, you know, Ric Flair talks super highly of him, but like, I find most of his matches to be incredibly boring. Like he doesn't really have, I mean, could you count more than five true blue classics in his catalog? I mean, then you go back to promos and whatnot. Just, I don't, I am, I was excited when he returned just cause he looked like juice to the gills. And I thought we might see something new. But mm-hmm. I just I got bored with him like within two weeks, and and now I'm already bored of him, you know. Again, I go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I can only think of maybe three or four off the top of my head, so there isn't much. It's, it's weird with him because he's one of those guys that when you watch him, you can see he's really good in the ring, mm-hmm. and a lot of people do f- find him compelling. I'm with you, Justin. I haven't since his early, early days, like the first probably four to five years of his career. And since then, I have not really cared about anything he's done. Uh, But that being said, he also is one of the few people from this generation that has broken through into pop culture with the RKO. Like everybody knows the RKO. I hear I hear zero references from teenagers at my job to pro wrestling other than once in a while, they'll joke that they're hitting the RKO on somebody and I'll hear RKO. He's one of the very few people that has broken through. So there's something to that. Well, I'd say that's I, but the I move agree. more I, than I, him. Yeah, yeah, but you gotta give him some credit for that. I mean, it's a cool move, but do I? He's a guy doing the move. I okay. mean, <laughs> I mean, it's Diamond Cutter before that, though, and the Diamond Cutter was super cool too. So it's always been a cool finish. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I have not been particularly enthused about anything he's done in a long time, though. So it's it's been a while it's definitely been a while a lot of the stuff he does looks effortless too he looks like a natural athlete so you would think that he'd be a little bit more compelling as a character but there really hasn't been much you're right i think that's part of the problem is that he's he's so good at like knowing exactly where to be in the ring at all times that none of it feels natural doesn't it never feels like he's in a an actual you know, fight or like in mm-hmm. a, a combat moment or it's just like, it's like he's really, he's like the greatest paint by numbers guy ever. It's like you, you open his coloring book and it's like, wow, he is really staying inside all the lines here and he's picking all the right colors to color in here. <laughs> I mean, this looks fantastic. I don't know if I'd call it art, but it's good. <laughs> I mean, this is the podcast that sometime back in our first year, we did an episode titled The People versus Randy Orton. So, I mean, I suppose this fits <laughs> this fits our show, this discussion. Is he the truest B-plus player in the history of pro wrestling? <laughs> oh, might be a high grade. Perhaps. Despite the, crowd, despite the crowd reaction the guy gets, there can't be really more than like 5% of the audience that wants to see him win Elimination Chamber. I mean, I can't possibly believe that. Really, it's been, it's been doing this for two decades now. Just like oh, maybe twenty percent of their roster. 
Mm, yeah. yeah. Very old top. The top of the card is very old. That is for sure. Uh, I don't have anything else on WWE unless you guys do. All right. We're going to get to AEW in just a second. But before we do, let me talk about some of that bonus stuff we have dropped on Patreon recently and also what's coming in the next, oh, 24 hours or so as well. So last week, it's now up in video and podcast format. Got some great feedback on it. Our Royal Rumble 91 show. Justin mentioned some of our off-color jokes last week on the pod. It is tremendous content. You guys, this, this one is worth the price of Patreon alone. Hit that link in the description. Episode 50 of Top Rope Nation Classics, Royal Rumble 91. We went about two and a half hours. All the backstory on the controversial storyline with Sergeant Slaughter. All the matches. Why it's maybe an underrated uh, undercard. And while... While the rumble itself is not tremendous by any means, there's some worthwhile talking points in it uh, that we got into for sure. So we had that. My wife and I are still doing the series on Love and WWE, which has been pretty funny to do. And hopefully you guys are are enjoying that. Some uh, pretty brief episodes, but we are reviewing every episode of the Montez Ford and Bianca Belair reality show so you get the female perspective on that from my wife who has never podcasted a bit in her entire life you can enjoy that and then we got top rope nation unplugged with jesse velasquez job he's dropping multiple episodes every single month jesse you want to talk about what you got coming tomorrow i can announce the name now can i yeah yeah absolutely okay so tomorrow early evening i'm going to be doing a show with Trevor Dame. If you are familiar with his work on Twitter as well as his ROH podcast, you are very well aware that he is a tremendous personality, full of great insight. He's a favorite of all three of ours, I think, in terms of the content that he provides. I'm going to get at least an hour with him discussing current events, maybe some pre, some predated things kind of tap into his brain, which again, there's a lot flowing in there. If you read his tweets, that's dropping. I got an episode I'm going to be recording Monday morning with a gentleman who does a the SmackDown post show on Fightful with Kate Hensler, Alex Cardoza. And I'll also be making an announcement on that show that I will be also dropping for our TRN Facebook group on Tuesday morning. It's going to involve your participation too, and you are going to enjoy it a lot. Okay, I don't even know what this is, so there you go. I'm not. I'm it's not a having teaser. a threesome with you guys. I'm not doing it. <laughs> is that going to oh, be enjoyable, man? Oh no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> you guys hit that QR code on the screen. We read all about it over on Patreon, and uh, yeah, I mean we're it's somewhere between like six. It's eight, ten bonus podcasts just this month that are going to be dropping. Oh, and by the way, this Sunday, TRN Happy Hour with our $10 tier, the higher tiers on Patreon. Uh, we're going to get together, have a few beverages, and we're going to watch the May 17th, 93 edition of WWF Raw with those patrons. So you can participate in that as well if you join one of the higher tiers. So you can read about that. That's a new feature we're offering, the $10 plus tiers. But all these audio bonus shows we're talking about, you get access to all of that for five bucks a month. Just five bucks a month. You're supporting the show the best way possible. And you're getting all this sweet bonus content. Looking forward to your show tomorrow, Jesse. Looking forward to doing another classics later this month. And as always, doing these TRN extras with the wife, which is something I never thought I would do on a pro wrestling podcast. But here we are. They've been so entertaining. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate the feedback. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. AEW. Let's get to it. So Dynamite last night was getting praised in our Facebook group and like lots of just great comments. People were very entertained, especially by a couple of the segments. Had a pretty loaded up card in Austin yet again, running Texas. I mean, I'm sorry, Brian Zillan, but I think we could take a break on Texas now. But yeah, another show in Texas. But they had a good crowd and you know, this this revolution card is incredible. I mean, I'm looking at this card. I cannot wait for the show next week or not next week. And what is it? Two weeks away, two, two and a half weeks away, something like that. I was trying to convince you guys to attend it because there was some cheap 
round trip flights a few weeks ago. We were like, ah, and I even said I probably shouldn't spend the money on it. And now I'm kind of regretting it looking at the card. I mean, this is it's one of their better built cards in advance they've had in, in company history, you know, where this is a, a promotion that oftentimes is laying it on thick at the end to complete these cards. And, you know, at this point in time, we've we've had our big matches announced now for a little while. I'm jacked about it. Justin, where are you at on, on Revolution and how it's shaping up right now? Yeah, I mean, I echo your sentiments that it's nice that all these matches are being announced so far in advance. Uh, March 3rd is the date, uh, so about two weeks away. And, uh, I mean, these are all matches that I think everybody wants to see. Uh, I don't – the build to some of uh, – the maybe the more hyped ones I think is a little lacking recently uh announced ones. But I mean Sting's last match, you know, we can't go wrong there. I think we all love everybody involved in the three-way match for the the AW World Championship. I mean Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson, uh part three. Or no, is this part four? I mean, who cares? It fucking rules. So uh <laughs> yeah, there there's there's a lot to be excited for here. I don't know if you guys heard this, but evidently the site for Revolution was originally going to be in the Midwest and they moved it once they decided it was Sting's farewell and they wanted a site that was more akin to like his history and that's why they moved it to Greensboro. I'm curious what site in the Midwest it was going to be because man, I would love to see another pay-per-view up in Minneapolis, Jesse. That was a blast when Full Gear was up there. And still, that's one of my probably three favorite AEW pay-per-views of all time. I am being yeah. biased here because the in-ring from top to bottom that night, there isn't much that could touch it. Yeah, great card. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Revolution build? I went six to midnight last night for one match specifically. I Yeah, I think this whole this whole card has been built quite well. All title matches across the board so far, except for, of course, the one that was announced last night when you're getting arguably the best pure athlete in AEW against the best pure athlete in the world who just signed with AEW. Mm-hmm. Meltzer has already stamped five stars in his book. <laughs> that's his floor. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. probably my, well, that's not going to be my floor. It's like four and a half for me, but nonetheless. No, I, I think it's been built up pretty well. I only had one very small little knock on last night's Dynamite. And that was Darby Allen's promo, just a little bit. He did not necessarily reference Sting getting beat up last week by the Bucks. He kind of mm-hmm. took jabs at Brandon Cutler and even got a Cody chant in there. It's don't odd, you want a little yeah. bit of don't you want a little bit of like backstory there? Just saying like you're you're hurting a, our legend and right before his last match, just to make this even more kind of bloodthirsty. No pun intended here, because the, the Bucks have been coming out the last two weeks with these. With these jackets that have been, of course, the jackets that they wore last Wednesday. They wrestled in them on Friday. They wrestled in them last night with against Top Flight. So I would have liked to have seen it again, no pun intended. A little more, uh, a little bit more of a blood feud here going into it as opposed to what we got from Darby. Yeah, it, it was a very odd promo. I mean, I like the angle that they're getting away from what the company was supposed to be built upon. And with their character shift, you know, that makes sense. But yeah, that was odd to get the Cody reference in there and then the crowd starts chanting his name and the Cutler stuff was just like totally out of nowhere. But yeah, I, you know, all together. Yeah. The Takeshita Osprey matches. I texted you right when I heard about that. I was like, uh, guys kind of regret not taking this trip now after they announced that. Mm. What do you guys think about the, uh, the bucks and the, and the new characters and now the new presentation with the, uh, the succession inspired theme music, Justin, did you notice that? Yeah, I, I think it's a much needed uh, fresh coat of paint for them. Yes, they they needed something, uh, and luckily they shaved the Vince McMahon inspired mustaches they they were seemingly sporting when they first came back and are now rocking some Sting Steve Borden esque uh, soul patches. Mm-hmm. which is a nice little touch. But uh, yeah, I, I'm all in on this new presentation of the box. Yeah, I think it's great too. Can, I, I got to say something else. I just got to get mm-hmm. it out there. Mm-hmm. 
I think this Osprey Takeshita thing kind of fucking stinks. Like, Elaborate. Not not that I don't want to see these two wrestle each other because I very much do, but like that it's like it's Daddy Callis making his two kids fight each other, which is what he said in the promo. It's like mm-hmm. what Th- this is Osprey's like kind of official debut in AEW. What are we doing here? I, I I just I don't like that at all. I they should have gone a different direction, save this matchup for later when maybe they're actually, you know, have something to fight about. Um, not a fan. I, I don't like it. What if it's the way to get him away from Callus? I mean, right I'm I'm all like for that. everybody yeah. getting away from Callus because frankly, <laughs> yes. as much as I like Takeshita, I he doesn't work as a heel for me. I, I think he needs to go back to being a baby face. Uh, and maybe that's something they could do with Osprey turning on him or the whole group turning on him. But I mean, get Callus out of here, him, mm-hmm. you know, have Jericho drive him to the airport and load them both up and, and ship them away. Uh, that's yeah, the only thing. That's the only thing to drag down this card for me is adding Jericho to the card. There's no reason for Chris Jericho to be on this show at all. Keep him off the card. Go ahead, Jesse. No, I've, Thought this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but it sounds like it's going to be a popular one. I've always found Don Callis to be extremely overrated. Yes. A lot of the things that he references in promos, it's almost like Bray Wyatt syndrome where he's just talking in circles to sound intelligent mm-hmm. and there really isn't a story to tell. He'll just continue to say, oh, Kenny Omega is the biggest wrestling god. This is why. And doesn't really give much detail behind why Kenny Omega is the wrestling god. He just, again, just kind of regurgitates verbiage to sound intelligent. Doesn't make any sense to me. Never really saw a huge deal with Don Callis. Our guy Curtis in the chat. Don Callis is in Dan Lambert territory. (laughs) Yeah, I would honestly say I found Lambert more entertaining. That's what (laughs) I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. But He He was playing a character. He's playing Jim Cornette. And Don Callis is playing what? I think Cal. I think that Lambert wore out his welcome. After a while, you're just like you're done with this. You know, it's kind of gone as far as it could go. But I think at his peak in the promotion, Lambert was more entertaining than Callis personally. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I see no reason for Don Callis to be around anymore. And um, yeah, I I don't want to see Jericho on the show. Not not to make my gimmick on this podcast be uh, bashing Chris Jericho, who I've been a big fan of over the course of my life but like man he is so played out right now he has no purpose on this pay-per-view like just give it a rest send him away for six months or longer sounds like somebody doesn't appreciate four and a quarter star matches against Takeshita that is ludicrous I mean maybe if your eyeballs are on the floor and you can't see, I don't know how in the hell you could give that match four quarters. Unbelievable. No way. No way. Saw Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams on that Sunday and that match was better than Jericho and Takeshita. And he gave it four. Yeah. That's totally nonsensical. Um, Yeah, I mean, the only other thing, I well, I will say that I've been vocal on the show that the i felt like the tony storm character is kind of plateaued i did think that i think the build of this match with diana because of their history has been good i thought the the film that she put together with the tattoo changing thing was pretty entertaining i like that i i'm still ready for this mariah may thing to kick into gear though i mean for someone who is so talented like her let's get to it I'm, I'm sick of just seeing her standing in the background, like not even talking, hardly ever wrestling. I want to get to that. So hopefully after this match is out of the way, you know, we can, we can get to that story. Maybe she'll p- play a part in the finish. You know, we'll see what happens, but not only that, she might be in the background in about eight days after revolution too. There's a certain Boston coming in. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's coming up too. I want to touch on one more thing because you guys mentioned that that triple threat match. I part of me doesn't care who wins. <laughs> yeah, I like them it's all. Tough. It's so tough because you know, for us yeah. who we we've been preaching for months, swerve for world champion, mm-hmm. top swerve nation. You know, everybody knows. I don't know, man. Do you put the title on him now? I I just no. don't know. Joe has been so good. It's it's hard for me to make the argument now. I I think Swerve is the only one who can't win this match 
because if you're gonna if you're gonna anoint Swerve, it needs to be in a singles match. You know where he's got the entire spotlight. You know, along with somebody else. So I, I think most likely it's probably still going to be Joe, mm-hmm. or else it's got to be Hangman, so we can get that Hangman Swerve World Title match. I, I think it's going to be like Hangman costing Swerve the match somehow. Mm-hmm. But the finish is going to be laid out in that way. Yeah. Good. I won't be asked to leave the Drosty household when I appear in my Samoa Joe submission machine <laughs> t-shirt on that Sunday night watching Revolution. I'll just be like, get out. And then I'll have Tim Jensen standing here and he'll be the bouncer and he'll just carry out. No. What? No. <laughs> yeah. Tim with his impeccable comedic timing. Oh, we love you, Tim. What? Yes. We love you, Tim. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, but this card overall, like I have on the thumbnail here on YouTube, this is going to be a great show. I mean, this has the potential to be one of their all-time best, I think. And I mean, it's six matches right now, so they're going to be announcing more for sure. Hopefully not Chris Jericho, but they're going to have some more matches on it. And they're going to have a sold-out, massive venue down there. It's going to be a, a huge crowd. Uh, Sting send-off. How can you not love this? So I am... I'm really looking forward to it. Now, we mentioned Brian Danielson and the Kingston match. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. This weekend, I finally will get to it. But Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. had another classic that people are raving about. Now, I know both of you have seen it. So anything you want to say about this match, either of you, feel free. Justin, go ahead. I think... It might be my match of the year so far up to this date. I, I, I think I like it slightly better than their Wrestle Dream match. I definitely definitely like it better than Danielson and Okada from Wrestle Kingdom. Not that I'm trying to, you know, lift one thing to, you know, hurt another, but uh it it built off the prior match beautifully. And they still have one more place to go with it. You know, the the first match was Danielson feeling like he might actually have a peer, if not a superior, in the technical wrestling department. And so he ended up going back to, you know, his knee strike for the win. And in this one, it was... He, w- he was still, I think, the superior technical wrestler looking at it, but it was Zack Sabre Jr., you know, kind of getting the technical wrestling pin uh, to overcome Daniel Bryan, uh, uh, Brian Danielson. And so I think part three is going to be who can get the submission, which is going to be really exciting. The only thing that I think is going to keep it from uh, eventually being my match of the year is that I'm not sure how much I buy Zack Sabre Jr. as the kind of underdog baby face, or maybe just a baby face in general. Uh, a big story point of this match was the selling of his leg, which Danielson, you know, attacked it with a plum. It just, a, you know, I mean, he's a fucking master. Danielson is the absolute best ever to do it. Uh, I still have some question marks as I saw people in the Facebook group, uh, Jeremy Finestone and, and others saying that, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is looking like he could be the next guy in, in New Japan, which I would not be opposed to. Uh, but this match did make me question a little bit if if that would be in the position of an ace baby face instead of a heel. Because he's basically been, you know, all of his best stuff has kind of been as a heel. Uh and that's not to say he can't do it. Like there, there, there was glimmers in this match of him being that that underdog babyface. But yeah, holy shit, this match, man, it, it was so good. I'll piggyback on Justin's point. There isn't a better prick in pro wrestling than Zack Saber Jr. Yes, except for maybe Brian Danielson when he wants to be. <laughs> maybe he just wanted to out prick him in Tokyo. I, I really have no clue. The last five minutes of that match, as I, Justin and I went a little bit back and forth, the last yeah. five minutes of that Danielson Sabre match were just masterful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, people have been saying it for 
at least a decade that Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And the reason he has been held back in New Japan, I remember when I first started watching, he won the New Japan Cup in 2018. They're like, he's getting the shot at Okada. He submitted Tana- He submitted everybody. Tanahashi, I believe he sub- no, he did not submit Osprey. He submitted Naito. I mean, he went through the gauntlet to get to Okada, and they were presenting him as a serious deal. This was six years ago. You had like Omega, Jay White even pass him up. I mean, yeah. Why, why hasn't this guy gotten a, a proper world title push when, when we've all seen this masterful talent doing something completely different oh, in two seconds? Absolutely. And no, again, I think in terms of like this heel persona, if they just ta- continue to tap into it more, having this being a, be a one-off, I, I think it would be really nice to see Zack Sabre Jr. take down that New Japan or the IWGP world title because he can take it from Naito. Perfect heel to do it. I know why he hasn't got it. And it's going to sound super official as hell. And I know I've said this on the show years ago about Zack Sabre Jr. And my, my biggest issue with him in like 2018, I could see he was a good wrestler. And I'm not a big body guy. He was just way too skinny and like no muscle at all back then. And it was just like, I just couldn't buy it. It was like, it's pro wrestling. You got to have a little muscle mass. He's fixed that problem. He's in way better shape now. Like he's, he's more viable as a guy who could do some stuff in the ring. He's not jacked by any means, but he's bigger than he was back then. That was always my biggest issue with him. I could see he could technically wrestle very well, but I I had a hard time getting past how skinny he was. I don't have that problem with him anymore. So kudos to him. He's done a good job on changing that perception. And I, I agree. I could see him being, being the face, you know, of, of the company moving forward. They're going to need it. Jesus. They're losing yeah. Okada. You know, another guy coming to AEW, another big debut. We don't even know when that's going to be. I, I do know for sure that they were considering doing it on the Boston show with Sasha Mercedes. I, it could still happen. I, I have no idea what the plan is right now, but I know at one point in time that they were throwing that around doing both on that show. So I think we talked about that because we talked about, you know, depending on how the ticket sales are going, maybe they will announce them for it, but they're, they're moving tickets for the show pretty well right now. Last I saw. So yeah, but I, I get, looks like I got something to look forward to this weekend because I still haven't seen the match. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and give it the attention it deserves. I was cramming all these TV shows this afternoon to catch up for this pod today. And that was the one thing I didn't get to. And kind of selfishly, I've been wanting to watch it with my oldest daughter because I think she'll dig it. And I haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to sit down with her and watch it. So I've been trying to time it right so we could watch it together. So probably tomorrow night actually would be a good night for that. And I'll, I'll get to it for sure. So, all right. Good thoughts on that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it now even more than I was before. Uh, should we get to the Q&A segment? close on a fun note here just some random topics that were dropped here in the facebook group and of course if you're live here and you want us to get to your question for sure drop a super chat and we will get that included i'm just going to pick at random though from the thread in the facebook group that we had earlier today um i'll start with aew because our guy uh carlo longhon he sent this one in he said it's a two-part question number one do you think the rumored third stadium show from AEW is the right play at this point? And two, if it happens, where do you think it ends up being? So there's there's been this rumor out here that they might be doing a stadium show that it could potentially be Forbidden Door. We don't know for sure. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but that's the rumor no. out there. Um, any any guesses? I don't know if you're familiar with this, Jesse, that this is is floating out there, but it definitely is. Our friend Andrew Zarian has been hinting at it on his Twitter X page as well. Thoughts, Jesse? Do you think that's the right move to do a stadium show in the U.S.? Why not? I mean, yeah. they're, they're starting to gain some more momentum once again. They could potentially be getting a game changer here in about four weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm really anxious to see what she does from a PR perspective. My answer is simple. It's going to be Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium. Mm. I get it. It's it's easily accessible. I mean, it's already technically considered their their home base. Nobody wants to fucking go to Jacksonville. I get that too. <laughs> I might be heading there for a Vikings game next year. I don't want to go. I'd rather go to Seattle. You know why? Because it's an easy <laughs> ticket, right? Yeah. Even when the Jags are good, I mean, you can get tickets pretty cheap. 
because I, I think of all the other stadiums around the United States and who knows like what time of year they're going. That's also going to play a part. I can't see him doing like a New York. A, hmm. What about a soldier field? That's what I was team? thinking. Cause that would be my, that'd probably be my, that'd be the most logical one. I think outside of Jacksonville. I think when they had punk, that made a lot of sense. I could have even seen him doing something at Wrigley field, which would have been an incredible visual to do it at Wrigley Field. I don't know, though. Now that they don't have punk, I actually do think I'm leaning towards New York area just because you know they'll have the star power with Mercedes coming in. Uh, and then, de- you know, depending on how long they hold them off TV, could be MJF's return. And he's from the uh, that area, so you could plug that, too. But where, now, would, I don't that, know, where would that be, though? I have, I have a couple thoughts on this. I, there was some speculation about Arthur Ashe. Does that really count, though? I don't no, think not to me. I don't think it would be there. Yeah, because they already run dynamites there. I could see him doing out a baseball stadium there, like City Field, maybe. Perhaps something like that. I mean, I think filling up a football stadium in the U.S. right now is maybe too much for them. But Agreed. a baseball stadium is less seats. You get that grandstand filled up and you shoot it from the one side. You don't worry about the outfield. It'll look it'll look cool on TV. So I, I feel like a baseball stadium might be a, a solid bet for this. So I, I don't know, maybe City Field. Um, I've seen some other stuff floated out there. I saw some people like speculating about the Alamo Dome. Uh, but they, you know, they do run Texas all the time. I hinted at that, you know, earlier, but I hinted at it. I flat out said it. They run Texas God, all the time. Um, real quick. Yeah, I, but I, I, I feel I, like a baseball stadium makes sense. Go ahead. I just need to fire off a couple strays here just real quick. Uh, as in regards to running city field, uh, mm-hmm. by most wrestling fans, they're already considered the second tier wrestling promotion. So I don't know why you'd want to run a show in the second tier. Oh, New York of course. Baseball show. Oh man. Go Yankees. Frank. Frank Love is you, Frank. screaming at a speaker right now. <laughs> exactly why Justin's <laughs> drinking gin and tonic tonight instead of Buffalo Trace. <laughs> uh, oh God. I mean, if you're gonna run a baseball stadium though, I mean, if you could do it at like a Fenway, it's not gonna be there because they're running Boston right now, but or Wrigley, that would just look so incredible on TV. Just one of those historic parks. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Great, great question. Brian mentioned Alamo Dome in the chat. He's with us. Sorry, Brian, about my comments about Texas, but my God, how many TV episodes do you need down there? Jeez. I'll I'll give the Texas fans. I'll give the the Texas fans credit. You are doing well in attendance down there. Denver? Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to think like what their hot markets are or just big population because, you know, just knowing where they've been with ticket sales they've been improving you need a tie-in with someone from there i feel like in the star power department i don't know i'm I'm still leaning towards new york though like with it being forbidden door like could they possibly go to like the tokyo dome or something you know and have it be like a aw new japan and cmll show just include everybody i i don't know just throwing that out there. Is there even a forbidden door with New Japan at this point? I mean, is that really I, a forbidden I, no, door? No, that, that's why they need CMLL. <laughs> it's got it's got to be like a CMLL show. Yeah. And to that point, then Texas makes sense. So, yeah. I, I could see it in Texas with the CML connection. At the same time, you know, the general public's not as familiar with CMLL. So you almost have to do it in Texas then if that's the case. I, I, I would say New York is my first guess. And if it's not there, probably Texas. All right. Great question, though, Carlo. Appreciate yes. that. Happy New Year, Jinping. Yeah. Very nice. It's international. Gracias. Uh, yeah. Okay. Michael Jenkinson. I'll, I'll get his, his question in because Michael, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us for TRN Happy Hour. And he is on one of our higher tiers on Patreon and has been for a long time. And he's We're one not answering favorite. any Kane questions. Thank you, Michael. No. We always appreciate you. Michael said, uh, what five cities do you predict Mania going to over the course of the next five years? And his guesses were Vegas, Minneapolis, Orlando, Dallas, and London. Hmm. 
Who wants to I go would first? agree with I would agree with Vegas and Dal or no, excuse me, Vegas and uh what was uh what did he say? Minneapolis. Vegas, Minneapolis, Orlando. Dallas, London. The, London. Orlando. London. That's yeah. what that's what I've seen. London and uh Vegas, I think, will happen for sure. Yes. New Orleans. I'm gonna throw them in there. It's got to. They gotta return. Been too long. Yeah. I'll say I think Vegas is a given. Whether it happens next year or the year after that, I think it's for sure happening. Vegas for sure. God, I'm still hope holding out hope on a Minneapolis one. Same. I'll throw mini I'll hold Minneapolis in there. I'll say Vegas, Minneapolis. I'll put Orlando in there because they just seem to always go back there. I'm gonna say Chicago since you said five years, because I'm hoping that new Bears stadium is built by then. It should be built by then. I, last I heard, once they pick the site, which is supposed to be this year, they say two years from when a shovel goes in the ground. So if that's the case, they should have it ready for a mania within five years. And, and you and, know, they'll, they'll run that thing the first year they can. Yeah, they, they have a history of like getting to those new stadiums within the first few years. Except for Minneapolis. Except Whatever for the hell's happening up there. Hmm. Thanks, I know. WWE. I think Chicago's a given. It's gonna be. It's gonna have a roof on it. So I'll say Chicago, Vegas for sure. Hold not hope for Minneapolis. Um, maybe I won't throw Orlando in there. Then maybe there's just too much competition, and that's an old stadium. Yeah, uh, I'll say. Place. I'll say. I'll say New Orleans. New Orleans. They got to get back to New Orleans. It's like the perfect WrestleMania city. I feel like SummerSlam's more likely for London than WrestleMania. I do think they'll do a show over there for sure, especially with the all-in record and everything. Um, We got the West Coast trying to represent all the coasts here. Uh, ooh, Man. Where else is Atlanta? Get to Atlanta yeah, again? Yes. Yeah, I'll say they, Atlanta. They, have, they haven't run one there since 27. Yeah, I'll say Chicago, Minneapolis, Vegas, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Those are my five. Jesse? Vegas, New Orleans. I'll go Dallas as well. Just a manifest that I got to say Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw a, quir a quirky one out there. This is not going to hit, but I kind of want to see it. Seattle. We're at, at the Seahawks Stadium? Yeah. Yes. They, they did Safeco that one there. year. I like the lighting in WrestleMania 19. I could be on an island by myself on that one. but I liked it too, but they, they were not happy with the reception up there. So I don't know that they'll go back there. I That would give me an excuse to go there. I've wanted to go to yes. Seattle. I've never been there. I've been petitioning to go to a Vikings row game, and I know they're going to Seattle this year. I've already said to the crew, I'll go by myself. I'll, I'll bring my son. We're going to go to the Seahawks Vikings game, but I mean, like whoever's coming with me. Great. Yeah, me too. Hmm. No, you're not saying Chicago. When was the last time they were there? Was it 20? Was it 22 or was it? Well, it was 22 that, because they, they went to stadiums and they don't have an indoor stadium, but I mean, the Bears stadium will be built within five years. Okay. Okay. Then I'll I'll retract the Seattle and I will go Chicago because of that stadium being built. That that's a good yeah. call. I think Vegas and Chicago are the guarantees, like the locks in the next five years. Those are the ones I'm most confident in. And then after that, it gets a little more wishy. Like I'm wishing on Minneapolis because I could drive there, and New Orleans because it gives me an excuse to go to New Orleans. And yeah, I'll be in a house by then. You both can have a place to stay. Sweet. Oh yeah. So Hell please, yeah. let's get Mania up here. Please, 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 please. I'm still hoping for next year. I'm hoping. I know there's the stuff out there about Vegas, and it very well could be, but isn't it weird that they wouldn't have announced it at that kickoff event? Yes. That's odd to me. If it's actually going to be there, they should have announced it. So I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Maybe that'll be in two years. Uh, should I pick one more? There's a lot of good ones. I mean... Huffman's question we've already kind of answered. He said if we liked Osprey's first matchup for Revolution, and Justin gave some good reasons why it's a negative. I mean, I'm looking forward to it in the ring, though. I think the match will be a great match. Uh, but yeah, there are storyline issues with it, for sure. I, I'm hoping it's just more about the ending and getting him the hell away from Don Callis, personally. 
I'm paying extremely close attention to him and his transition onto American television full time. I don't know if I'm probably on an island by myself, like critiquing this guy over the next, uh, what would that be, 10 months? But yeah, I, I mean, doing New Japan shows is one thing. Doing Rev Pro indie work, which by the way, his last indie match here is on Sunday against Michael Oku. Go out of your way to see it if you can. Coming to America and having to do full-time television is another animal. So I'm mm. really, really curious what type of character he's going to portray because we all know how great he is in the ring. Just can he can he tell stories from these for the next yeah. ten months and moving forward? Yeah. You know, there's some good questions here that would require me to think really hard, and I can't do it in the moment. Like John Hope has a good question here. Frank had some a good one about theme music, but I I don't think can I, I can I I can answer that one because that okay, was that the one tough. I that was the one I saw. Yeah. And I think we've talked about that before on the show, but, uh-huh. uh, so I have, I think three or four backyard wrestling matches in my history when I, when I was a teenager and, uh, I used, uh, Oh my God by guns and roses. I would not recommend that now, but at, at that time, I thought that was really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I having having saw that question, I, I did make a little list of stuff that I thought would be cool. Uh, first off, MJF already sold this. I've always loved the idea of Sympathy for the Devil as entrance theme music. Uh, damn near half this guy's catalog would work. Unfortunately, he's an anti-Semite piece of shit, but specifically uh, Amazing by Kanye West would be fucking incredible. And then I would also throw out if, you know, if you're one of those Ric Flair types where you're the world champ all the time, uh, Not For You by Pearl Jam, uh, Mm -hmm. Humble by Kendrick Lamar, I think would be a dope entrance theme, Bulls on Parade, Rage Against the Machine, and just some kind of more odd and end ones that I, once I really started thinking about this midnight city by M 83, uh, enema by tool. Let's go by trick daddy. Super not by black Sabbath finale <laughs> by Madeon, which is from FIFA and finally true faith by new order. I think would all be fun entrance themes. I'm going to turn all that into a playlist and just call it JJ. That'll be it. <laughs> I'll just throw it on when I actually work out. There you go. <laughs> I love that. That's great. I would have to think about it. I don't have any on the top of my head right now. Jesse? I can spit three, and I'll try to roll out two. Hail okay. to the King by Avenge Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite workout song of all time. One Mike by Nas. Ooh. Mm. Just the slow roll. And then I'm going to go further with Nas, Ether. Especially okay. if I'm going, especially if I'm going against somebody that I have a lot of beef with, just rolling out to that, just oh, that'd be tremendous. In the air tonight, Phil Collins. It's my, like it. one of my all-time favorite songs as well. I, and I, 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 just real quick, I would say uh, maybe the non-point uh, cover of also that good, very good. There's also another cover that I've been listening to recently that's tremendous. That does in the air tonight i will pull that up real quick it is by three two one state of mind okay i'm gonna have to look that up i haven't heard that one state of mind it is very good i had a fifth and it just left my brain and it was perfect dang it i know hogan already hogan already used voodoo child oh Go ahead. Yeah. I, I I got some. What a uh, shame go that, that though that prick was the one who got to use Voodoo Child. That but is I, a I great got a, call. I got a spin on it. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. My very you. last one, and you're probably gonna have to bleep out a lot of it, is "Me Against the World" by Tupac. Yes, I was gonna say that. I was thinking for a Tupac one. Yeah. Uh, but I think with Voodoo Child, I would use it, but I would ch- I would take the Stevie Ray Vaughan version. Which honestly, man, I love the Jimi Hendrix one. I've been listening to a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan lately. I might like his version better, to be honest with you. Which Steve Ray Vaughan is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Top three guitarist ever. And I think I actually, I think I like the mix on it a little bit better. I know the Jimmy one is the standard, obviously. 
And since Hogan already used it, I would still use the song, but I, I would flip it to the Stevie Ray Vaughan version personally. Um, yeah, I like that. I like the Tupac pick. Maybe a, you'd have to bleep it. Use hit him up. <laughs> Be a good one. If you're angry at the person <laughs> for sure. But man, I don't know. Spoon Man by Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm a Chris Cornell guy through and through. I'd love that too. I loved that they used Machine Head last year for All In. That'd be a good theme theme song too. Just to come out to us for a wrestler as well. I'm sure lots of indie wrestlers have, but one one of the no, it's a good question. One of the best ones ever that doesn't exist anymore because I guess they didn't want to pay the full rights for it. But WrestleMania, going back to WrestleMania 27, talking about Atlanta, was right before Triple H came out. Was for whom the bell tolls by Metallica was that mm-hmm. that fucking ruled? Yeah, you know a song that I miss, even though Swerve Strickland has a great one right now, especially with Prince Nana coming out. Shaka Khan's "Ain't Nobody" that was his indie his indie theme. Oh, okay. Oh, it just yeah. suited his character so well. Yeah, I think that's all of them I wanted to get to for sure. Like. Again, John Hope had a good question, but it was about like the introductions of Osprey and Monet and Okada and how we would book it. But it's such a long, I'd have to really think about that. I, don't, I can't just, I can't do it on the spot. It's a great question, but it's, it's hard to do in a Q&A segment. We, we could build a whole show around that question, to be honest with you. We most certainly could. So, oh man, what do we got coming up next week? I guess we'll probably be previewing Elimination Chamber. And the week after that, we'll be previewing Revolution. And we'll be talking about all of them in the aftermath as well. So good content coming up again. Got the Patreon stuff coming up as well. Jesse's got the big one tomorrow. You can look for a TRN Unplugged tomorrow night with his guest, Trevor Dame. We'll have that dropping over on the Patreon side. So check that out. And with that, I don't have anything else unless you guys do. I do not, sir. We can cut it early for a change. All right. Well, that's it, guys. We hope you have a good weekend. Join us over in the uh, Facebook group. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Talk with us and a great group of people each and every day. We'll be talking to you all again next week. Take care. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>